I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Theo. And I am not Juliet today or and anything. Or ever. <laughs> I don't know why I said today. <laughs> if you do want to be me, let me know first. Uh, That's all, all I ask. <laughs> Give uh, me a heads up. You get the day off. You get a vacation day for being you. I will take totally over your awesome. duties. Uh, anytime. <laughs> uh, well, only on a weekend because I could not handle your job, for one. You would be fired within five minutes. I can't handle my job either. Um all right, so what's shaking bacon? I have so much of nothing to report. Um, oh, cool. I know. Well, same as every week. It's just the same old thing. And as I mentioned in pre-show, I'm not sure if that's because it's a habit from COVID lockdowns or yeah. if I've just become the most boring person in the entire world. I know. Let me I know the feeling. give you my Saturday, which was okay. yesterday. Okay. Saturday, I woke up. And I went out and I looked in some stores and I didn't buy anything. And then oh. I, I did buy one basket that I debated with myself for about 15 minutes, right? And then uh-huh. it turns out that the side of me that said the basket was ugly was right because I got the basket oh. home and it's ugly. Oh, um, no. But okay, fine. Whatever. I you will take live. it back? No, because I bought it from an outlet and they have big signs everywhere. They're no. like, all purchases uh-huh. are final, Theo. <laughs> 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 they know who their audience is. Um, let's see. And then, uh, I had ordered a new vacuum cleaner, which sounds super fancy and exciting because I ordered it. No, I got a Dyson and Uh the cheap ones are just not available anywhere other than online. So yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not spending a thousand dollars on a cordless vacuum cleaner. I hear you. I was waiting for you to fight with me. I'm not going to fight with you. I don't even have a vacuum cleaner. I have a little handheld thing and, and then uh, people that come and clean. So. I, I am shocked. How does somebody not have a That's like saying I don't have shoes. Because people come and clean. Well, okay, but like... I have a handheld, like not a shop vac, but a, a Dyson handheld, I think it is. Okay. And that's fine, but that's all I need. Like if I if if I have crumbs on the carpet, I just vacuum it up with a little handheld. And then all's all's done. Well, how how do you do your floorboards and and ha! your? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I ordered the stupid vacuum, and then Saturday, ready, wait for it, uh-huh. wait for it. I vacuumed uh-huh. with the new vacuum. Yay! Yay! Exciting. Was it awesome? Did you love it? Thought you were going to say it was an on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the whole thing that precipitated the buying a new vacuum was my vacuum started making a funny noise and uh-huh. it's a Dyson that I got on sale like a thousand years ago. So, I mean, it's at least 10 years old. Uh-huh. And so I'm justifying the purchase of this new vacuum cleaner. I'm, I'm right? with you. I'm with you hundred percent. So, so I was taking it apart to see like, what's in here that's making this noise. Cause maybe a uh-huh. thing is stuck in here. Right. Uh-huh. And that's when I discovered the label that's attached to the air filter that says, <laughs> You Please must wash the air filter every three months. Oh. My vacuum cleaner is oh eight years old. I did not know anything about filters. Yeah. I didn't even funny. know that you could take them out and clean them. So did you take it out and clean it and it still made the noise? Yes. And yes. Okay. And then I was like, oh, I have to buy a new vacuum, but my old one's yellow. <laughs> and that's the only color vacuum I can now have because in the <laughs> eight years, vacuums to me have turned to, they are just yellow and every other color was wrong. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and so whatever, I got the cheap fuchsia one and now all vacuums must be fuchsia. I've had okay. it for a day. I'm real fickle. I didn't even know vacuums came in yellow and fuchsia. That's how out of touch I am. Oh my God. I can't wait That's to introduce cool. you to the joys of housework and cleaning. If it hasn't happened by now, it's never happening. The colors you get to choose and the scents you get to pick and your laundry detergent can be lavender or no smell. It's amazing. Um, I can't tell you how bored I am. 
No, same. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the other thing that happened was I was talking with James and he was explaining some work stuff to me. And I was thinking while he was talking about what I was going to say on the podcast. Right. Right. Like oh, my week, I need stuff. What's my bacon for the week? Right. <laughs> um, and he was talking and he said, you're not listening to me. <laughs> I said, yes, I am. And then I repeated back to him what he had said to me. And then he said, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, all right. I believe that you were listening to me. And I decided then to write it down in that moment. Uh -huh. right? And then he said, stop taking notes about what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is why my mind started to wander. <laughs> this will be almost a direct quote verbatim. Okay. Each revenue-based function has been process mapped, and there is an equation that falls from that, which decreases. Okay. Uh, that's, that, uh, yeah. The minute. Each, re each, each what function has been process mapped? Revenue-based function? Uh, each revenue-based function. Oh, I forgot. You're a project manager. Of course, this will mean something to you. This was like. I, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it. Okay. Each revenue-based function has been process mapped, and there is an equation that falls from that which decreases dot, dot, dot. Oh, I was waiting for the end. I don't know what it means because oh, I, I don't know care. what the end of the Who sentence cares? was. <laughs> what does it fucking matter? Who cares? It potentially makes some sense to me. <laughs> Number one, it wasn't about me. Number yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So, really, that was my week. Um, oh, except, okay. Um, interesting things in the world that anybody can enjoy. Number one, Netflix has an animated show called Cuphead. Cuphead, okay. It, I'm going to say, okay, Cuphead. I hope that's, yeah, it's Cuphead. Um, would I say, would I tell you you have to, I would say you should give it a go. I don't know that you'll find right. it interesting. Cuphead. But it's, um, it's drawn like those old 1920s, early 30s oh, cartoons yeah. that are so abstract and. yeah. Um, is it particularly witty or anything? No, but I mean, it was enjoyable. I, I enjoyed it. So therefore Brett it's enjoyable. Like it. I'll check it out with him and we'll see. He might. I mean, it's, it, it's sort of like, oh. Brett's probably already seen all the episodes. Well, I mean. Is it like what? Well, it's sort of like what would have happened if the early Warner Brothers studio animation had never changed. Um, mm -hmm. it's a bit like that Betty Boop cartoon. I forget if there's a clown in it or whatever, right? But it's like real spacey. It's like if that style of animation met the Smurfs. Oh my god! It's it's I I really I'm really enjoying the animation. Okay, um, I'll check it out. Yeah, and so Cuphead. So for that Cuphead, I'm not reading anything, which is super sad because you sent me two books and they're still on my nightstand table, That's getting right. ready for me That's to read. That's right. You sent me some books that I have yet to get to. That's fine. That's fine. How dare you! <laughs> They must be read within 15 days of receipt. I expect a report. Right. Because then you have to return them so I can get a refund. That's right. Uh, okay. What about you? What's shaking bacon? I got the most amazing cupcakes that Brent sent, bought for me, sent me, bought for me, whatever. And they're, I wish I could show you a picture, or show everyone a picture, but they're from bakedblooms.com and we are not sponsored. And um, they are flowers. So they look like flowers. They come in like a bouquet arrangement. And they are just the most amazing looking things. And they are also delicious. So I think they're like $45 for seven, which is kind of pricey. And then you have to pay for delivery if you if you live within 20 miles of San Rafael, California. Or you can pick them up um, if you feel like going to San Rafael to get them. So everyone in um, Yugoslavia who's listening to us, check out these cupcakes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone can't have them, but they're amazing. They're like the most amazing thing I've seen this year. So that was that was like the high point of my week for sure, or possibly my year. I'm not sure. Um, uh, other than that, not a whole lot going on. Brent's dad is not doing too well health-wise, so we're sort of just uh, listening and waiting to see what happens. I, I, I think it's kind of um, – he's in hospice care now, so mm. it's not so great. Um but uh, he's he's been he's had dementia for a while and um, hasn't been in the best of health, so that's unfortunate. Um, but other than that, I can't think of anything that really has been going on. Uh, it's been great weather since everyone always waits for my weather report. I was um, just gonna say. <laughs> 
it's beautiful blue skies, a little bit chilly, 60 some degrees, um, can't complain, might take a walk. My Saturday yesterday was like doing nothing, so I think I sat on TikTok all day. So your Saturday was much more exciting than mine was, I have to tell well, you. Well, I'm going to tell you, my vacuum cleaner is like real fun to push around the house. It's on a ball <laughs> instead of four wheels. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So um, I guess that's it for, for the bacon. Um one day we're going to do stuff that's like so amazing and so I know, fun. After, after COVID or when we're not boring anymore, we're going to go out and do fun stuff. And maybe I'll go to this retreat, this yoga retreat that my cousin wants me to go on with her. You have and to. And I won't worry about COVID. I really want to go. It's in Rhinebeck. And uh, it's, it's, it's actually a yoga nidra, which is like yin yoga. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But it's like relaxation yoga, okay. which is exactly what I need. Help me, so. because that's like saying that this beer is drunk beer, right? Like, isn't yoga supposed to be relaxing? Not really. Some yoga is very energetic and very um, um, athletic, and there's all different kinds of yoga. So this is a this is a relaxation yoga. So it's a lot of lying down and adjusting your posture and <laughs> focusing. I know, right? Doesn't that sound perfect for me? <laughs> Does everybody get their own couch? <laughs> well, they get their own mat. <laughs> you get your own couch and your own TV set and your own remote. Yeah. And it's a voice activated remote, so you don't even have to reach for it. That's exactly right. So it's like, yeah, I could do that at home for free. But um, yeah. So so maybe I'll go. I'd like to go to Rhinebeck. You know, it's it's like you said before the podcast started, it's a place that I've sort of sort of always wanted to go. Not high key, but, you know, sure, I'll go. Uh, and that's how I feel about most things. Uh, sure, I'll go. So we'll see if, if my fear of COVID um, overcomes my desire to go see my cousin in, in New York. You totally, you have to go. Um, and of course, now it's a story about me. When James and I moved in together for the very first time ever, we rented a little, one half of a duplex in West, just outside of West Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And um, the the couple that was there before we moved in had just gotten married. And she was like, oh, I, she went to, um, fuck, it's not nerdy. What's the name of that stupid, Riddy? Uh, the art school in Rhode Island, Rhode Island okay. School of Design, something. Um, RISD. So, yes, thank you. So uh -huh. real big fucking deal, right? That's like, oh, you graduate from there, you'll probably get a real job. I have a lot of friends who went to art school, so I can say that. And um, when they moved out of the apartment, and they were like the golden couple. They were beautiful. They were young and successful. I was super jealous of them. They were taking a long time to get out of the apartment with a lot of apologies. They just bought their first house, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So um, they had this big, long metal sign. And when I say long, it's probably 10 feet. Uh-huh. Uh, 10, 10 foot long metal sign that says Rhinebeck wow. Pharmacy on it. Right? Oh, cool. And it's in pieces. And they had to leave that. And it was the most amazing thing. So when we moved, I asked wow. if I could keep it. And the landlord was yeah. like, yes, please take that big, heavy, old, rusted metal sign out of his house. <laughs> do and you still have it? Of course I do. It's is a, it in your house? It's a rusted metal sign. How could you throw that away? <laughs> it's not in your house, though. It's in it's, storage, it's right? Not, it's in storage. Uh, it's not up in this house because putting it up, it's a lot of holes in the wall, and we're renting oh. this house, and so I don't want to do that, right? But so I, I didn't know anything about Rhinebeck Pharmacy. And sorry, I do with Rhinebeck Pharmacy. I didn't know anything about Rhinebeck, New York. And then yeah. one time somebody came into my house and was like, oh, that's fine. That's Rhinebeck, New York. That's where I'm from. And the couple had huh. it because they were from Rhinebeck, New York. Oh. And they hadn't known each other and they met in LA and it was a whole thing, right? So it was all I this see. mystical mysticism. Um, uh -huh. And so, uh, yes, that's why you have to go to Rhinebeck Pharmacy because I have a 10 foot metal sign that says Rhinebeck. <laughs> keep saying you have to go to Rhinebeck Pharmacy. You do. <laughs> Let them know I have their sign. <laughs> all right. I'll go and I'll tell them that my friend has their sign. Right. All right. Okay. Let's get back to the podcast, shall we? <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, Juneteenth. We're talking about Juneteenth and Walmart today. Um, Juneteenth, as everybody may know, uh, has been a federal holiday since Joe Biden signed a bill uh, last year. And that's, of course, in the U.S. Um, Juneteenth observes the end of slavery in the U.S. and marks the day, uh, June 19th, 1865, when news of emancipation reached people in the deepest parts of the former Confederacy in Galveston, Texas. 
Um, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by President Abraham Lincoln before that in 1863. It was an executive order declaring that all persons held as slaves would be free. Uh, but news of the Emancipation Proclamation spread slowly and often met resistance from plantation owners. So it was a big deal when the, um, the news uh, reached the, the I guess, fully reached the Confederacy. Um, and soon after that, in December 1865, the 13th Amendment was ratified, uh, enshrining the ban on slavery into the Constitution. So yay, that's all good things. Um, this year, Walmart rolled out a great value line of Juneteenth products, including party favors, party glasses, wine, and plates, cups, and napkins that read, it's the freedom for me. Oh, and no! Oh, it, God! It Please. did. They did. They did. Please. They did it. Oh they my did that. F and G. <laughs> it's the worst. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's like what white person, what what exactly. 50-year-old white person whose right? children watch TikTok and has right? picked up the it's the blank for me. Right. I mean, Oh my fucking it's god. It's the freedom for me. It's the freedom for me. Well, <laughs> that's Duh. the whole fucking point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But even that. Um, so, um, besides that, there was also a celebration edition Juneteenth trademark ice cream. So, they trademarked Juneteenth, or they tried to trademark Juneteenth. Which is like trying to trademark Christmas or. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or the 4th of July or something like that. Um, so cartons of the cheesecake, red velvet cheesecake flavored ice cream featured the red, yellow, and green of the Pan-African flag, which isn't even the colors of Juneteenth. Juneteenth is red, white, and blue, or blue, white, and red, or however you want to say it. Um, and the ice cream carton said, share and celebrate African-American culture, emancipation, and enduring hope. Um, With ice cream. Yeah. The, uh, the product right. of Africa. Buy our products. So red food like red velvet cake and strawberry soda is traditional when celebrating Juneteenth. Um, red, white, and blue are on the Juneteenth flag, and the color red symbolizes that, quote, from the middle passage to George Floyd, our blood has been spilled across America. And that quote is from Steve Williams, who's president of the National Juneteenth Obser Observance Foundation. So this uh, great value line of Juneteenth products met with some disgust <laughs> it was met with some disgust um by folks in the black community uh falitha tucker johnson who is the president of the tampa bay juneteenth coalition said i wish walmart would have reached out to the national juneteenth observance foundation to truly found, find out how to honor the holiday they should have also found a way to actually give back to the black community instead of just profiting off our pain and I think that's a really good way to describe it. Profiting off the pain of black people is exactly what Walmart did with their Juneteenth products. I mean, what were they even thinking? Money. Um, you know, yes. America is, I'm not, here I am making the excuse for Walmart for having done this. But it's like, I can, I understand how this happened. I sort of think yeah. I understand how this happened. You know, um, every holiday is commercialized. And Christmas right. is the best and easiest example of that. But right. even fucking Arbor Day, they make you buy a tree. Do they? Well, they don't make you, but I mean. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I guess I guess most holidays are commercialized. So they were probably are just like. Surrounding them. Hey. Like you, get, you go to Walmart and you get your Easter eggs or whatever for Easter and everything is commercialized the, now. Right. So why not do that for Juneteenth? There is no holiday for which there is not ice cream. There's Pride, which isn't even a holiday, but like June yeah. is Pride Month. Yeah. Walmart has Pride ice cream. Do they? Is it rainbow colored? I have no idea. Because it's <laughs> nothing I would buy. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's at Walmart, which, hi, Walmart, I'm still not forgiving you for Duck Dynasty. Um, what has that got to do with Walmart, Duck Dynasty? Oh, they, uh, they promoted uh, the Duck Dynasty um, merchandise. At a oh. very contentious period uh, with Duck Dynasty, when Duck Dynasty was like, all gay people should just be dead. And oh. people were like, you can't say things like that. Although that's not what they said, but I mean, they may as well have. Um, and so blah, blah, blah. Right. And, ev and ever since then, I've just been like, you know what, Walmart, you were never really on my radar anyway. But right. I just I have a different value system than, yeah. than you. And I freedom have sell, but I'll I'll go to Target. Oh. I would say I'm never going to shop at Walmart again, but there isn't even a Walmart within 50 miles from here, so 
It's not like I go to Walmart ever anyway. But yeah. I, I, I won't shop at Walmart anymore, but that doesn't mean much, I guess. Um, <laughs> right, because the thing I've I never done will be the thing I continue to never do. <laughs> I'll continue do. not to do right. this thing. <laughs> that will punish you. <laughs> yeah. So I know Walmart's fine. They're not they're not missing my nickels. Um but yeah. But yeah, so so I get everything's commercialized and somebody just said, Well, Valentine's Day, we've got that and so Juneteenth, this is a new Maybe revenue stream. Let's let's get some of our product out there. And yeah. um Yeah. And that's what happened. And Monique Judge from an article in the Grio said, this is what happens when you try to do a so-called black thing without consulting any actual black people. Black people would have told you that Juneteenth, while celebrated amongst black people, isn't the type of holiday we go out and get party gear for, a la 4th of July or Thanksgiving. Right. And one person on Twitter said, can you imagine a company creating an ice cream flavor commemorating the end of the Holocaust? Companies should... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, okay. Yep. Companies should really think through how they recognize Juneteenth. Oh, wow. That's probably the clearest analogy I've I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It sums it up. Because there is that question of, well, I mean, St. Patrick's Day, you could do that and the cards and you buy a hat. And so, right. you know, it's Juneteenth, sort of freedom, a la the 4th of July, a la, right. So. Yeah. 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 Um, additionally, folks have implied that the Great Value ice cream mentioned earlier is a ripoff of a black-owned brand called Creamalicious, which was started by chef and entrepreneur Liz Rogers and sells several bla- fl- flavors, flavors of ice cream in major grocery sh- chains across the U.S., including Walmart and Target. The company has an ice cream flavor called Right as Rain Red Velvet Cheesecake. So pretty much obviously a ripoff of this black-owned ice cream brand, which you should all go out and buy if you go to Target, um, Creamalicious. Let us know if you buy it, how it tastes. Um, but Walmart did pull their Juneteenth Great Value ice cream on May 24th after they got a bunch of complaints. Uh, and we'll talk about the apology in a little bit. But uh, I did a little bit of research into um, Walmart and racism. And I did Ooh, find I that, can't wait. Uh, it's great. Um, Walmart has had brushes with racism in the past, leading to their establishment of the Walmart Center for Racial Equity in, I think, 2019. Um, Walmart and their foundation pledged $100 million over five years to fight systemic racism and create the Center for Racial Equity. In 2021, the center awarded over $14 million in grants to 16 different nonprofits, including the uh, American Heart Association, Harlem Children's Zone, and the King Center. Uh, Walmart also apparently launched a critical race theory training program in 2018, but I could only find information about this from right-wing publications that were frothing at the mouth, so I'm not sure if that's true or to what extent it happened or if it's still going on. I wasn't able to find out any more information about that. I'm going to say this. Everything that you've just said that Walmart did in terms of giving money to organizations, etc., complete respect. That's a chunk of change. That's, I mean, even for Walmart, right, which I get like a multi-billion right. dollar corporation but so so okay and maybe they did um okay yeah i i don't know i <laughs> i have thoughts about white people doing critical race theory and you know hopefully they didn't well, have they white did people it in do association it. with this organization but i don't really know anything about the organization so okay so maybe they did or maybe that's a rumor that just got released in the right wing echo chamber and everybody got yeah, insane about it right i think probably um so there's some truth to that uh, so black people make up almost 21% of the of Walmart's workforce, and there are uh, about 13% of Americans who are black. So more, uh, more the high, there's a higher percentage of black people in the population of the Walmart employees than in the American population. Um, but representation dwindles at the higher rungs of the corporate ladder, with I think only 8% of people um, at the highest levels being black. And there was an internal survey in 2020 that offered a, a, a bleak view of black Walmart employees' experiences, with most black supervisors, senior managers, and directors saying they would not recommend working at Walmart. Mm-hmm. The employees who were surveyed said they faced barriers when trying to advance in their careers, such as having unequal access to growth opportunities and coping with favoritism and internal politics. 
Um, additionally, this is kind of interesting. Um, a study released in 2020 revealed that Walmart employs large numbers of people who receive federal benefits such as food stamps and Medicaid. This is because Walmart does not pay its employees a living wage. At the time the report was released, Walmart reported a net income of $5.14 billion in one quarter. Wow! That's how much they make. And they can't afford to pay their associates a living wage. And about half of Walmart associates are black, brown, and Asian. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to imagine five billion dollars in a quarter. And and where does I guess that's their net income, that's not their profit. But I, I bet their profit is pretty high. I'm sure their profit um, their their profit's high enough they could give people a raise. Yeah. So I think that's all I've got on this guy. Um what have you what have you got for us? Well, so I I don't know very much about Juneteenth. Um do you recall when you first ever heard about Juneteenth? Yeah, it was when I was in North Carolina, um, and I he- heard about it. I heard about people celebrating it in Atlanta, I think. So, and I, like years. I think when I was in college, so okay. 80, 80, let's say 85. Okay, all right. Um, I first heard about I'd never heard about it. Or if I had mm-hmm. heard about it, it didn't stick in my head. So I worked with a girl... Uh, when I worked in LA and her name was Melissa and, um, she, she was a, um, a civil rights activist Uh and it was just after the riots, the LA riots. And, uh, she was, it's sort of explaining to me the black experience in the United States, but this is early days and I would not have been able to comprehend half of what she was trying to tell me. Right. Um, while I understood the words, it just, it just, not that it didn't mean anything. It's just, I had so much other information in my head that was like, well, yeah, but well, yeah, but, and now, I mean, 30 years later, I can say, oh, wow. Okay. Well, now I get it. Now I, now I could hear that message and actually understand what I was being told. Mm -hmm. But so just, just to kind of give the example. So she told me about Juneteenth. And she explained that um, Juneteenth was a time when somewhere in the middle of June, soldiers came into Texas and told the last remaining people who were enslaved that they were free. But nobody knew when that date was, which is why it's Juneteenth, just because it's sort of known to be in the middle of June. And Uh my thought was, how charming. Oh, (laughs) I love that story. Nobody knew oh what gosh. it was, but it was in the middle. And so the teen and that all makes sense. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. How, how wonderful. Right. Mm-hmm. Completely missed the point. But so my apologies to Melissa for not fully being able to empathize or understand. Um, there. So uh, allow me to introduce you to the history of Juneteenth. Okay. All right. Uh, and this information and these ideas come from. Black History for White People podcast, uh, episode number 207, and also The Daily, the New York Times podcast, featuring Dr. Diana Ramey Berry, who's professor of history at UT Austin and a woman of color. Oh, Um, cool. Yeah, so uh, we'll say, to begin this, I have to take you back to the Crustaceous period and the formation of the landmass of Texas. period? <laughs> I don't know. What's the name of that? <laughs> when crabs ruled the earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and formed the landmass that eventually became Texas. And the magnetic plating on their shields created this right. field of energy that drew. No. Okay. So... Um, We'll start with real broad strokes, history of Texas, and then sort of like, what is this about uh, the the last remaining slaves being in Texas and not knowing Mm -hmm. that they were free? Okay. So Texas had belonged to Mexico and Spain and France and been independent and part of the United States and blah, blah, blah. Um, This is during the period when the territory of Texas did not belong to the United States. It belonged to Mexico. And Mexico had invited in white people from the United States 
to become Mexican citizens and farm and ranch the lands, and you could basically get as much land as you could control, right? We just need you to help us deal with the uh, the Indians. I'll use that, mm. that word, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why white people came to the t- area of Texas, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm struggling with the name because I don't know what it was called back then, but whatever, right? We'll just keep it with Texas. Mexico. But yeah. <laughs> Texas, Mexico? Eh, I don't know. Um, right. And so, and this is my California prejudice coming in or California bias. It's like, I also don't really want to know too much. Thanks. Um, okay, so... Texas was a part of Mexico, and the Mexican government was very anti-slavery. Uh, and there was a guy named Sam Austin, who the capital city of Austin is named after. And he wanted to invite more white slave owners into the territory. Okay. So he said to the Mexican Congress, hey, you guys, could you help me and just chill out a bit on mm-hmm. your like anti-slavery laws and mm-hmm. just like let us do this thing? And Mexico said, kind of no. And so Mm. Texas broke away from Mexico, right, and became an independent republic. And it was an independent republic from 1836 until 1846. So for 10 years, Texas was an independent territory, and it petitioned to become part of the United States. I'm not going to get into the whole Mason-Dixon line, slave states versus free states, entry into the states. There was a whole thing about emitting Texas into the Union, but uh, but that did happen in 1846. So the origins of Texas were very slave-specific. The, the economy was based on slavery. The population was drawn from slave owners, right? Um, so then we have the Civil War, which runs from 1861 to 1865. Uh, this is where, in that same way that I didn't really have the equipment to process and understand and appreciate what my friend Melissa was explaining to me at a level mm-hmm. where she was explaining it, right? I just, sure. I just didn't have that. Um, it continues because I found out some things today, this morning, where I was like, mm-hmm. kind of runs a little counter to my own firmly held beliefs about uh-huh. the Civil War, uh-huh. right? Um, my family has been in the States for a long time. And while there's not a lot of oral tradition that's passed down, they're very happy to tell you that they have fought and we have fought in every war this country has ever had. And when people in my family speak about the war, they're talking about the first war. Right. The revolution, right? And so so I sort of knew that my family were northerners and they fought for freedom. Mm -hmm. And that's my whole mental experience with... The history of the Civil War, right? That there was a lot of issues and a lot of things, right? But really, it was about freedom and, and equality. Not at all. Surprise, surprise, surprise. So um, the war starts in 1861. It takes Abraham Lincoln two years to sign the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, he didn't want the Civil War to be a war that freed the slaves or that the Civil War was about slavery. The Civil Mm -hmm. War for Lincoln and for a majority of of the North was about preserving the Union. Okay. White people in the North were as racist as white people in the South. And nobody was going to die for the freedom of black people, but they might die to preserve the Union. I see. Right? I'll say a little bit of of a surprise to me. So in 1863, Lincoln signs the Emancipation Proclamation, which goes into effect on January 1st of 1863. Um, And thousands of black slaves had been fleeing the South through 1861 through 1862 Uh and coming to D.C. And so... It was kind of not so much that Lincoln was like, oh, the morality, oh, the, sure. the goodness of human nature, right? It was, well, we've so many black people are coming up here. Maybe if we free them, they'll stay where they're at, number one. Oh. And number two, labor supply for the union, for the army. Uh, I see. Easy. So um, in 1865, the war ends and the Confederacy uh, loses, we'll say, right? Right, right. And that's in the spring of 1865. In the summer 
1865, General Gordon Granger and federal troops, about 2,000 soldiers, enter the town of Galveston or the island of Galveston off the coast of Texas, right? But I don't even know that it's really off the coast of Texas. I think it's like you would even know that it's an island. It's that close. Okay. All okay. right. I don't know why the geography is really that important, but um, I did bring up the Cretaceous period. So, <laughs> um, okay. And so the soldiers went around Galveston and they read General Orders Number Three. They read it in the courthouse, and they read it at a black church, and they read it on a couple of plantations. And General Orders Number 3 reads, The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection herefore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military post, and they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. Mm. A couple of interesting things that, that are happening in this. I mean, first of all, the racism at the end, completely, mm -hmm. wow, right? Mm -hmm. This is a union general. This is somebody who's had his, his soldiers die on the battlefield for this war, right? Who is a racist. Um, so I love that he won't use the word president, but it's the executive of the United States. Uh, the uh -huh. hatred for Lincoln was so strong. I mean, what we feel for Trump is nothing compared to what Southerners felt for Lincoln. Right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, you can't even it'd be as if Trump had won the coup and we were now uh, a year into the Trump autocracy. Right. Uh, um, yes. So. Um, so that he uses the word slaves when he says between former masters and slaves, the relationship that was that is yeah. now your employer employee. And then the next sentence, the word slaves is not used because they are now freed men. Right. Which yep. simply reinforces the fact that slavery is no longer a thing. Um, OK, so this frees about 250,000 enslaved people. Allow me to introduce you to General George Washington Gordon, who was born in 1836 and died in 1911. After the war, he becomes a congressman and then he goes to practice law in Pulaski, Tennessee. Now, hmm. if that sounds vaguely familiar, which didn't to me, um, but then maybe it did. That's because that's where the Ku Klux Klan started. Oh. Yeah, the Klan started in the same town that the general's from. What a surprise. Um, Interesting. Or that he was living in. I don't know if he's from there. I should have looked that up. Okay, and so he became one of the Klan's first members. And in 1867, he became the Klan. The Klan's? Yeah, <laughs> he became the Klan's. He became the Klan's first Grand Dragon for the realm of Tennessee. And in 1867, he wrote its um, precept, or the book that describes all of what the Klan believes, right? The, the manual. Rationale. Yeah, the, the, the manual, but also this is the charter, this is the, the morality charter for the Klan, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then in 1868, he wrote the revision to that edition. So he wrote it twice. Ah, yeah, I he's see. really, really, really... Uh, a, a Klan's person, Klansman. Um, and then we know of Gordon's involvement with the Klan from his wife, Minnie, who wrote an unpublished manuscript. So Minnie Gordon wrote her husband's biography, which never got published. Oh. Oh. Part of the reason why I think it never got published is the title. Are you ready? Yes. The first complete and authentic history ever written of this weird and mystical order of the Knights of the White Armor who, without bloodshed, saved and restored to the South the white man's civilization, complete from notes and documents of the late General George W. Gordon, first Grand Wizard of the Invisible Empire, and other trustworthy sources by his yes. wife, Mary Hannah Gordon. Good Lord. Yeah, that's a title. That's very long. Calm down, Minnie. Um, in that manuscript, 
she goes on to say that um, her husband was a big proponent of the lost cause. And the lost cause is that we're, we're all familiar with the, with the components of a lost cause, right? It's the romance of the South, the idea of the antebellum South having been a place of genteel civility and, and heroism and perhaps if somewhat misguided bravery, right? Blah, 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 blah. The South is great, blah, blah, blah. Um, so in the book, she states... I want to do this in her voice, but I don't know what it would be. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, it'll be old and cracky like mine. Um, I make bold to lay down this proposition, she writes, that those in authority in the Southern states during Reconstruction and affiliating with that element of camp followers and carpetbaggers who came South to pilfer and prey upon a conquered people and protecting them and instigating the Negroes to violence and outrage became themselves the lawbreakers. Um, and all right. So in the face of this chaos, the Klan, in her view, became the enforcers and conservators of the law and came to the defense of social and civil order. The proposition is not asserted in contentious spirit or to accuse, but because the facts attest it and because it is absolutely true. Mm. End quote. Um, okay. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, not only was the general um, a racist, but he was an active racist, right? I don't even mean like a passive racist like I might be, where oh, I was brought up in a racist culture and sometimes I'm going to behave in a racist way and not realize it. Uh, yeah, he actually wrote a book on how to be racist. Wow. Um, but so Juneteenth happens, and I have a couple of quotes, some um, testimony from enslaved people. Mm -hmm. Sarah Ford, when freedom come, I didn't know what that was. My papa came to the yard and yelled, everybody free, everybody free. And pretty soon soldiers comes and a captain reads the proclamation. Molly Farrell said, everybody talk about freedom and hope to get free before they die. Me and my mother left right off. Most everybody else goes with us. We walk down the road singing and strutting to beat the band. My father comes the next day and joins us. And then Sarah Ashley I was 19 years old when the burst of freedom come in June and I get turned loose. Her former enslaver said they were welcome to stay, but her father felt like he wanted to leave. She recalls, Papa left, but he came back with a wagon and mules. He loads up Mama and my sister and me and us goes to East Columbia on the Brazos River and we settle down. They hired out my time, gave us a pack of land, and for the first time ever I seed money. Papa built us a cabin and a corn crib, and I was so happy because the bright light done come and there was no more whippings. 1865, we had the first um, recorded incident. So this is um, two years after General Gordon comes to Galveston to let the enslaved people know that they were no longer legally enslaved. So, uh, so 1865, we had the first organized Jubilee Day, which is a celebration of oh. that event, right? Uh-huh. And then 1866, just one year later, we get pre-Jim Crow era laws, which uh, pop up, which basically limit black people's um, use. Of the, no parades, no parties, no public celebrations, not allowed in the parks, not allowed in the streets, et cetera, et cetera. So Juneteenth becomes sort of this very unofficial day that's commemorated by families. And it's done in churches and in people's backyards, right? Um, it begins to pick back up in the 60s through the 80s with the dawn of the civil rights era and then uh, just that whole period. Uh, I'm going to say because I'm from L.A. that it doesn't really take a foothold in America nationally until the L.A. riots happened in 92, and the L.A. Really? riots were a result of the beating of Rodney King and the, could it say, evacuation. And that's not it. It, mm. it happens in a court of law when, like, you're found acquittal. That's the word. Oh. Trying to say audition. <laughs> it's like the cops were not auditioning for anything. They were acquitted. So all yeah. the cops were acquitted. It was, it was a whole thing. And the town went crazy. And so in about 92... Um, Black culture starts to look at those historic pieces of their own experience that are worth commemorating, 
Uh, we mm -hmm. start to get into some dicey stuff with Juneteenth. It, it's just as dicey as celebrating the 4th of July, right? Right, I heard right. one commentator who said, um, I don't know that, that celebrating Juneteenth is really something that I personally want to do because I shouldn't have to be celebrating Juneteenth. It never yeah. should have happened kind of stuff. Yeah. And right. then what am I... I'm giving money for paper plates and party hats, and then that's kind of stupid. Um, yeah. But anyway, so uh, I'd had a conversation with somebody about three weeks ago, and mm -hmm. they said to me, and they were Texan, and they said, oh, yeah, whatever, I'm really proud of Texas, right? And we're like, you know, Juneteenth started here. And <laughs> I was like, I didn't say it, right, because mm -hmm. they were a friend, mm -hmm. and it just would have been a conversation. Uh, that's not the thing to be proud of. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's like going to Auschwitz and saying, you know, this is right. where it ended. Hooray for yeah. us. Oh, God. <laughs> We're so great. Look at us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, it turns out that I was wrong and that my friend was right because in 1979, Texas became the first state to mark Juneteenth as a holiday. Right. I see. And then um, eventually 47 other states mark it as a holiday. On June 17th of 2021, it became a national holiday. And the question is, what do we do with Juneteenth, right? Is it is it a day of sorrow? Is it a day of celebration? Is it a day right. of memorial, right? And so the holiday is forming, and yeah. the eventual yeah. form of it will take place based on whoever sells the most ice cream. Um, <laughs> and so one of the podcasts I was listening to brought up this really interesting point that, that I had never thought of before. And this was kind of mm -hmm. that like, aha moment. Um, and so, and I guess I'll just like, I'll say it and then we'll piece it together in a way that sounds more okay. elegant. I'll say it and then you say it more eloquently. Perfect. <laughs> right. Um, so white people with white supremacy given that Northerners during the Civil War era, era were just as prejudiced as Southerners, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, black people should be freed from slavery, but don't live next door to me. Um, go back where you came from. Go back where, you know, you were brought from. Um, there were all types of ideas about what to do with black people, but but equality, the way that we think of it today, was not an option. That was not really a discussion. Maybe on the fringes. Um, and so... White people need for black people to be inferior, right? Because that was the whole premise of, of it being able to enslave people. It was that, oh, these people need somebody to look after them, right? They're incapable of care, caring for themselves. Um, they're far inferior to white people. And so we still have echoes of that thought today, and you can see it in the knee-jerk reactions of I don't want to say Republicans, right? Because I just, I don't want to be that person. So we'll say Republicans. Um, the critical race theory can't be taught in schools. And it can't be taught in schools because we cannot look at the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The inherent racism, the systematic racism that that our entire society is built upon. Because if we do then we were wrong and we can't be wrong because that's a lot of guilt. Right. Right. Um, and so uh, this question of what, what should Juneteenth be will be borne out later. Um, yeah. But, but, and this is from the podcast uh, black history for white people. It was, it was, he said, the, the podcaster said, right? Um, it's just such a genius idea. We have Fox News, and then there's Newsmax, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the more mm -hmm. extreme version of Fox News. And it's like as if history had been written by Newsmax. Mm -hmm. Everything that I've ever read or know about history comes from white people based off of records left by white people. And while the experiences of people of color are there and they're they're easily found, they're not given as much weight or they weren't given as much weight, right? So I have this whole history now to sort of rewrite in my head of the Civil War. I've always seen it as 
good versus bad. I've always seen it as we've got to free the slaves because yeah. that's every movie I've ever watched. That's every right. book I've ever read. And that includes a history text. Right. And instead of being good versus bad, it's really kind of bad versus bad. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, less bad versus Some, bad. Maybe less bad versus bad. Yeah. So that's kind of the history of Juneteenth. And I'd say the thing that really resonated with me was regardless of how one chooses to celebrate or not celebrate Juneteenth, perhaps June 19th could be a day where we all collectively think about race and perhaps we go out and support some Black-owned businesses. That's a good idea. I've, I've, excellent idea, which is people. why I stole it and am reporting it to the <laughs> world. I um, like it. Yeah, and so uh, interesting. And then I've got some things about marketing misfires, but we could maybe save oh, that for the end. No, I want to hear later. that. Well, you want to do the apology first? Or? Yeah, let's. We'll do the apology first, so then we can get into okay. like marketing misfires. Okay, cool. So Walmart did issue an official statement in response to the backlash saying the Juneteenth holiday marks a commemoration and celebration of freedom and independence. However, we received feedback that a few items cause concern for some of our customers, and we sincerely apologize. We are reviewing our assortment and will remove items as appropriate. So that's that's lame. We'll talk about how lame that was in a second. Um, but um, soon thereafter, they removed the ice cream from the shelves. Um, but as of Friday, yesterday, day before yesterday, Walmart continued selling numerous Juneteenth-themed books, party supplies, and T-shirts, including one blank t black T-shirt that said, Because my ancestors weren't free in 1976, which is apparently a typo for 1776, which is the year of American independence. Although um, I would say there's... They may not have been some, free in 1976 yeah, either. some appropriateness so they still there, not be free now. depending on uh, how one yeah. qualifies freedom, right? Right, exactly. Uh, so the television station WFLA in Tampa asked Walmart a list of questions but received no response. And among these questions were, are there any next steps from the company after pulling the Juneteenth ice cream? How will the company learn from this? Did the company plan to give any proceeds from the Juneteenth merchandise to any organizations working towards uplifting the black community and the advancement of black Americans? Within the planning of this collection, what was the racial makeup of those who gave input? How many employees were black? And are employees receiving paid time off or holiday pay in observance of Juneteenth? So we'd all like the answers to those questions, but I bet we don't get them. Um, so the apology that I just read a minute ago where they said um, a few items caused concern for some of our customers, according to feedback that we received, that's bullshit. Um, was there an expression of regret? No, unless you count we sincerely apologize as an expression of regret. And I, for one, do not. Um, was Technically, there an it is an expression of regret, but I understand. Well, kind of. I mean, it's really just what you say. Right. Um, yeah. They I think. It's all I don't think service. they sincerely are apologizing. Not yeah. at all. Was there an explanation of what went wrong? No. Was there acknowledgement of responsibility? No. Was there a declaration of repentance? No. no. Was there an offer of repair? No. no. Was there a request for forgiveness? No. So this apology gets a zero. Zero out of ten. Zero out of everything. Um, lame, bad, uh, unprofessional, on everything. Uh, really, Walmart, screw you, do better. I would have given it like a 0.5 because it's like, well, at least you said something, right? And, and they did take an action where they pulled the ice cream off. But that's the only thing apparently they've pulled off. You can still get yeah. paper plates. You can still get yeah. napkins. You can still get a bag of candy, right? right. Um, and so, Ridiculous. Yeah. And they probably pulled the ice cream just because the, they ripped it off of someone else and they're afraid of getting sued for having ripped it off from a, a different company. But... Not because they care about the fact that they had a Juneteenth ice cream. Not, not at all. Tastes like freedom. Hi, you can have Tastes that like as freedom. God, as a tagline. Everyone's welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It'll be back next year with a Taste Like Freedom tagline. Well, I mean, let's put it this way: Juneteenth is now a national holiday, right? Um, right. I don't think there are Martin Luther King paper cups, but we do have Martin Luther King Day, and yeah. so. Maybe retailers, and won't even just say Walmart. Um, although that's a good mm -hmm. question. I wonder if Target has any Juneteenth merchandise available for purchase. Oh, There's check it out. No way that, to find that would be out. Interesting to see. Um, yeah, I wonder. I guess T-shirts would. 
probably be okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have the same problem with t-shirts as I have with the ice cream and the and party favors. Sort of the same, but then at the same time, it's like, okay, well, what does that spectrum from t-shirt to ice cream actually look like? What is it that, about ice cream that's offensive? Um, and it's not even that it's a, it wasn't offensive. It's stupid as fuck. And there's nothing wrong with celebrating the end of slavery, but it just seems like it's much more complicated than that. Once again, why Target is such an amazing retailer. Somehow they managed to deal with um, our culture, right? The bathrooms are are gender friendly. The, the Target's not going to police which bathroom a person uses. Oh, Target has gender gender neutral bathrooms. Uh, not that they're gender neutral, because that would be totally amazing if they did. No, they're still men, women, right? Oh, but uh, but it's trans people are welcome to use. Oh, okay. Any facility you use that you exactly want. right? Yeah. Okay. The room of easement is at your disposal. I um, see. And so cool, right? And uh, yeah, they have seventeen products that are uh, Juneteenth, and they're all books. They're all books. They're all oh, books about good. Juneteenth, and they're for kids oh, mostly. Good. And so I approve. Target. I'm going to be shopping at you. I'm going to shop the hell out of Target today. I'm going to shop you so Did much. Did you Target. see that Virginia is trying to outlaw books? <laughs> Not books in general, but certain books. <laughs> it's not it's that one... big a fucking jump from some books know, to all books. I, it's next, right? But no, there's one book called Queer Something. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name, but it's a memoir. And it's uh, it's been ruled outlawed or whatever in the schools already. And they're trying to make it illegal to buy it or to own it. Oh, gee. well, you can throw that in the same camp. I guess all puns intended. Um, yeah. as trying to prevent women from leaving a state to get an abortion. To get an abortion? Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, you're, I don't know how much of of our freedom you're actually able to legislate here. Uh, you know, I've kind of started seriously, not seriously looking into moving to New Zealand. Um, hi, have you heard of uh, Canada? Oh, Canada's hard to get into. It could be. But it is. I'm not above just living there, driving there. No, no. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's hard to get. A, it's hard to work there. It's hard to get a visa to work oh, there or it. get citizenship. So that's the hard thing. I guess if you're retiring, you could probably retire anywhere you wanted to. Uh, some countries require you to have a certain amount of money in the bank before they'll let you retire there. Um, but uh, it, it's uh, harder to get a job in Canada if you're an American than some other places i mean i will say i had never really thought up until the last call it 10 years that yeah. living somewhere else might actually be, be an option yeah uh smart right not even that it would be an I option know. right because it's always sort of like shouldn't say always an option but sure you, you always know. think about oh i could go live in italy or yeah whatever, or yeah. i'm gonna live in paris and an artist Garrett, and yeah. I'm going to drink coffee in the morning like I do here, but there it'll be French and it'll be different and I'll be coffee. really yeah. sophisticated. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah. And okay. And so that's, that allows me, oh, well, we're still in our apology, right? Oh, we gave it, we voted. Um, yeah, we yeah, voted. yeah. Yeah. Uh, they get a firm zero because they still have a shitload of products out there that are Juneteenth that are still yeah. just as distasteful. Hi, all puns intended. Um, yeah. So, would you believe I forgot that point? We're moving somewhere. We're moving to New Zealand or we're moving somewhere. And you were talking about something uh, related to moving to New Zealand. Yes, uh, that. You, you, and, you were going to move to Paris. Yeah, and sophisticated and coffee. And yeah. then I was like, oh, I got to mention that one thing. It's gone. All right. So, you're not, you're not, you don't have plans to move to another country right now? No plans to move to another country, um, and but I I will say I could see where, it, you know what? All all we need is just one more massive thing like the Roe v. Wade um, overturn. And I mean, it's coming. It's more than coming. It's, it's going to happen. I mean, you know, yeah. I I, and, I just and yeah. It's going to be hard to get out of the country soon. Well, I'm very being very pessimistic here, but I'm just like, there's going to be only a limited number of countries that are friendly to Americans now, and even fewer if everybody suddenly starts to want to leave. But I think I'm being a little pessimistic. Um, I'm going to say, oh, that was it. I've got it. Okay, right. So back okay. to 
be remembering what we're talking about and what's going on. <laughs> Jeez, I'm fully awake too. Um, so this thing that's sort of prompting us to have this discussion about leaving the country, right? Like, yeah. oh, shit's getting crazy. Um, yeah. And you, you can't take a single thing anymore. Okay, right. I'm being extreme. But you can't take a single thing anymore without meeting an extremist, right? Yeah. And so yeah. Juneteenth is a great example of this. Um, Candace Owens, who is a famous uh, conservative who happens to be a woman of color, yeah. said, I am not celebrating Juneteenth. For me, the 4th of July will always be the day of true freedom. Oh, bite me, Candace. Nobody's trying to take away the 4th of July. Right. Right? But no, we've got to have this reaction. Both. Dumb cunt. To, well, double dumb cunt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, not not the conversation canvas. Is that her name? Canvas. <laughs> Here I am calling That's people fine. dumb. You don't even have to call her name. <laughs> um, all right. So do we ha- have an apology expected or a who's sorry now from you this week, Theo? Um, yes, I do. And I have a apology expected. Uh, it's going to be from the, uh, I won't go too far into this because it's super sad, but it's going to be from the police chief of Uvalde for the oh. press release that oh. they sent out yesterday or Friday, um, which stated all the normal things in the opening paragraph that you should state hearts with the families, et cetera, et cetera. Here I am minimizing it by saying et cetera, et cetera. But, but yes, right. Mm-hmm. And then it's in the second paragraph where he says, thankfully, no police officers' lives were endangered that day. Oh, my God. Hi. Really? That's the whole fucking point that people are getting upset over. Jesus. Right? It's that you had 19 armed police she officers. People standing outside. Uh-huh. Of course, their lives weren't in danger. They were afraid. They yeah. were too scared to go and do anything. Abs- I mean... I just don't, I won't even. So I, I am sure. Even start. It, I, not even. I, yeah. I, I, so I am sure an apology will be coming from him for the press yeah. release. Don't hold your breath. Well, is it going to have, someone's going to have to fuck it or something. And, I'm hoping he's going to get fired. Oh, I don't care if he apologizes. It's got to come next. But Hopefully. But yeah, so so that's my apology expected. But you're right; we probably won't um, get one. But he will be fired, and so cool. well, yeah, I don't know that he better. will be fired. But that's the only way this can play out. Um, I hope so. Uh, but there we go. Okay, so you apology expected? Who's sorry now? I have an apology expected, and it is the former president of the Louvre in Paris who has been charged with conspiring to hide the origin of archaeological treasures that may have been taken out of Egypt during the Arab Spring uprising. The Louvre's president, Jean-Luc Martinez, was charged this week after he was taken in by police for questioning. He ran the Paris Louvre, which is the most visited museum in the world, from 2013 to 2021. And this case against him was opened in July 2018, two years after the Louvre Abu Dhabi brought a rare pink granite stele depicting the pharaoh Tutankhamun and four other ancient works for 8 million euros. So Martinez has been charged with complicity and fraud and, quote, concealing the origin of criminally obtained works by false endorsement. This could have involved turning a blind eye to fake certificates of origin for the pieces, a fraud thought to involve several other art experts. So French investigators suspect that hundreds of artifacts were pillaged during the Arab Spring protests that engulfed several Middle Eastern countries in the early 2010s. These were then believed to have been sold to galleries and museums that did not ask too many questions about previous ownership or look closely enough at the work's certificates of origin. So I expect an apology from Jean-Luc Martinez after he is con- condemned. Um, found guilty. <laughs> He's condemned to death for his crimes against art and crimes against his crimes or- against art. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I so wish we could condemn we're people for to your death. Apology, Jean-Luc. Huh? I wish we could condemn pad artists to death. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Koons, we're coming for you. Hey, that's real you art like there. You like Jeff Koons? No, but... Oh, okay. He's scaring me. <laughs> and then the other guy, Chihuly. We're coming for Chihuly next. Chihuly, I don't know. Oh, he's the one that does the glass, the blown glass. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, well, I'll see. Oh, the black. Yeah, yeah. No, I still have no idea. What's <laughs> what's wrong with him? I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you pictures, and I want to see a picture of your basket that you bought that you don't that you think is ugly now. So send me a picture of your basket. I will totally do that. All right, and we'll put it up on uh, on uh, Instagram for everyone oh, else. Oh, absolutely, who, uh, which we've been keeping up we'll with. Up, we'll put up Tuhuli and Jeff Koontz and the basket. All works of art, I'm sure. We will do that as soon as America fig- figures out racism. Oh boy. So on that note, thanks everybody. We love you. Come back next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at apologiesaccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at apologies.accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.